Now it's time for the rural news with Kim Moody in Ōtautahi. And Kim, New Zealand's arable crops are doing well. Kia ora Charlotte, that's right. Arable production includes wheat, barley and maize for humans and animals to eat and producing seeds for sowing. Last year arable crops were worth $1 billion and production in the past three years has increased 30%. Sales for the entire sector, so that includes milling and further production, were worth $2 billion, employing over 7,500 people. The Arable Food Industry Council Secretary Thomas Chin says the industry flies below the radar but it is vital to New Zealand's economy, both locally and for exports. The primary sector really starts with us. Everything starts with a seed. And uh, we get that piece right, then uh, the value chain further on down from us is also in in a good space. Our industry sector also is a key supplier to a range of downstream industries, uh, such as the milling and baking industries and pretty much all of the beer brewed in New Zealand is is brewed from domestically produced uh, uh, barley. The tonnage of seeds for sowing leapt 40% in the past three years, and Thomas Chin says exports of ryegrass, clover, carrots and radish seeds went to over 60 markets. He says when selling the likes of ryegrass seed, New Zealand competes with Denmark and the United States. We're up against some tough competition um, from the Northern Hemisphere, but uh, what's happened um, in in recent seasons, uh, those particular markets in the Northern Hemisphere have had fire, drought, uh, climatic extremes, which has uh, perhaps given an opportunity for for New Zealand to help uh, replenish uh, inventory levels in the Northern Hemisphere. So, uh, no, we've done... Done very very well in the uh, in the preceding years, but the more interestingly is the forecast for the next uh, two to three uh, years, and it's looking very very bullish for our New Zealand export market. And Thomas Chin says there's great growth potential for uh, for our vegetable seeds in Asian markets. The specialist agribusiness bank Rabobank says the wet winter and other issues will cause food prices to continue rising for the rest of the year. Senior agricultural analyst Emma Higgins says this is despite fuel prices easing back recently and agricultural commodities such as global dairy prices also dropping. She says the wet weather has made vegetable growing difficult and labour shortages, COVID-19 and the ongoing conflict in Ukraine mean food prices will keep climbing rapidly. What we would need to see is more sustained declines in commodity prices before they pass through at the consumer level. Agri-commodity prices have recently dropped. They have only dropped from high levels, so they've been very expensive, and we think it would take, it would need a a sustained fall in these prices for at least a few months for these uh, weaker prices to really flow through at that consumer level. So... Ultimately, we are cautioning against the view that we are past peak food price inflation just yet. And so we do think consumers should brace for further pain at the checkout over the coming months. Rabobank Senior Agricultural Analyst Emma Higgins. Federated Farmers says it's incredibly disappointing that regional councils haven't got a tool needed to report nitrogen use in place on time. A new rule came into effect last year, restricting how much synthetic nitrogen fertiliser is used on farm. No more than 190 kilograms can now be used per hectare per year. Farmers had to report how much they used this past year by the end of July. But Federated Farmers President Andrew Hoggard says regional councils don't 
don't have the tool to report nitrogen use in place. Pretty pissed off, to be honest. It's frustrating for me because I've just done all, all the nitrogen reporting and all the other reporting that I've had to do for Fonterra. And I think pretty much all dairy companies um, enforce this. And this rule was really only targeted at dairy farmers. It's just another bloody double up. They want to know how much um, nitrogen I've applied in the last year. Well, it's been 86 kg to the hectare because I've done that work through, through Fonterra. He says farmers have the option of reporting nitrogen use to their fertiliser company, but the companies have no way of then giving that information to the regional councils. The councils have said that they won't prosecute anyone or do any enforcement notice until 31st of October, I believe. However, the, you know, we've still got the problem that the law stands and that the law was you were supposed to do that by X date. So there is, you know, yeah, we've got reassurance from council, but it would be nice to have something signed by the minister as well. A Ministry for the Environment spokesperson says the delay in the reporting tool is due to the regional sector and fertiliser companies working together on a single integrated system. They say regional councils have told farmers no action will be taken until October at least due to the delay. The government-owned farming company Pamu has achieved Toitu Carbon Reduce Certification across 20 of its farms. To achieve that, each farm must measure all operational greenhouse gas emissions required and develop plans to continually manage and reduce them. Pamu Chief Executive Mark Leslie says the company is working to reduce carbon emissions by 4% per annum by 2024. It means that it's, we've got, um, I suppose, an independently verified measurement of our greenhouse gas um, emissions and sequestration um, um, practices on a farm. So it's an independent verification, but it also allows us to then have a consistent approach that then takes the business forward in terms of the, the next stage of it, which is the, the international standard that allows us to develop plans to continually reduce our emissions for the future. Mark Leslie says all of the company's 100 farms will be certified by the end of next year. And lastly, Australian banana growers are on edge after authorities confirmed multiple outbreaks of the fungal disease known as banana freckle. The disease which affects plant health and causes blemishes to the skin of bananas can significantly reduce fruit quality and yields. ABC's Rural News reports the disease was first detected in the Northern Territory last month. It's now been confirmed on 29 properties in the region. That's the Rural News for today.